0: This is Rich Sports Talk, broadcasting on SoundCloud, TuneIn Speaker, and available for download on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and soon they'll be home of Spotify. We cannot wait to be on Spotify. Thank you so much for joining us here today. If you'd like to get on the show, email us richsportstalk at gmail.com, or of course, follow us, Rich Sports Talk, on Twitter or on Facebook. Got a lot on the program today. And you know, if you've been listening, that I've been critical of a certain general manager, Dave Gelman, in New York, and... He has come out to speak publicly on the first time since trading Odell Beckham Jr. And it actually was what I kind of suspected, and I do not buy what he is saying. One thing I've always said when you're a general manager or an owner of a team, never speak in absolute. It's better to be vague, and I know people don't like it when you are vague. But you don't draw a line in the sand, because if you go over that line... People are going to call you out on it. They're not going to believe you. They're not going to trust what you say because this has been the big issue I have with Gettleman. Because a couple of months ago, don't forget, he drew that line in the sand. Oh, Odell, we didn't sign him to trade him. And just traded him two months later. So I wanted to go through the comments that he was making and my interpretation of what he's saying for the Giants in my final opinion of this press conference. So here we go. He had talked about the Odell Beckham trade and he talked about the Eli Manning situation. So I want to go through this, the biggest uh, quotes from his press conference the other day and give you my thoughts. So one of the things Gelman says was, and I quote, we're building the object of this is to win as many games as possible every year. So we're building. We were 3-13 when I took over. We were 5-11 and 11 last year. 12 of those games were a touchdown. less. we're building, I don't understand why that is a question. And basically asking if they were in a rebuilding mode. Yeah, that's some progress, but this was also a year where you were hopefully going to have Odell Beckham back. You drafted a great running back at number two. And the perception was this team was better. I came on the record before the season. I said, look, they were a six and ten team last year. And people gave me a lot of blowback for that. But I said, look, they got a good left tackle. But when he comes from the Patriots, I always would be a little bit worried. To me, they went all in last year. And now what they've done this offseason, they've kind of scaled it back into a rebuilding mode. I mean, you look, they traded one of their better pass rushers, Vernier to to Cleveland. They've traded Odell to Cleveland. And they let go of Landon Collins. And to me, people were saying, well, we're building, we were 5-11 and last year, but the perception was this was going to be a better team. Partially because of what I've criticized, and I know I sound like a broken record, which was drafting Saquon number two over a quarterback. When you did that, you sent a message to the giant fan base and to the New York media that, look, we're not building, because if we were building, we would have drafted a quarterback or at least listened to offers to get more draft picks. We took Saquon because we felt he was the missing piece in our offense to get us back to being a playoff contender. And true, they won two more games last year, but they also had a weaker schedule based on their finish the previous year, and they still were three games below 500. So this next quote actually made me laugh um, from Gettleman, and I'm not trying to be too hard on him, but just the first line, trust me, we have a plan. Now, if you were out with friends, I mean, whenever someone says, hey, man, you got to trust me, I got a plan. The first thought that comes to your mind is like, I I don't know. Are you sure? You don't sound overly confident in yourself. So when he said that, it's like, hey, trust me, I have a plan. Most people are like, that sounds like you don't have a plan, but you're trying to make it sound like you have a plan. But uh basically, the rest of that quote was, and over time, you have to be patient. Everyone wants answers now. We live in an instant gratification society, instant gratification world. And everyone wants answers now. Over time, you'll see you have to trust it. And I get where he's coming from. People want a quick turnaround, but he's also in New York. This is a media that has been looking for it and look they want answers like why did you trade Odell Beckham the face of the team and I think a lot of the thing like people want instant gratification I understand it's incredibly difficult I do defend coaches and general managers because I do think people are expecting too much too soon with a lot of these rebuild projects but like I said going back to what I just talked about previously when you draft a running back number two you give the perception to the fans, and to the media that, look, he is the missing piece from a playoff team because we didn't trade down to get more draft picks. We didn't draft a quarterback for the future. We drafted a running back with the second overall pick because we believe he is the missing piece to a playoff contending team. And they finished 5-11. and Because one minute they're trading Odell for draft picks, they're letting Vernier go, And they're getting a good young guard. And you're like, okay, they're building up the offensive line. They're rebuilding. And then they go outside Golden Tate for a big contract. You're thinking to yourself, well, wait a minute. And now the Giants, once again, they're sticking in the sand with Eli Manning. I just want to remind you that even though they didn't win Super Bowls, the Jaguars moved off Blake Bortles. The Dolphins moved off Ryan Tannehill are going to Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, All these teams, like, they're... They're saying, look, if the quarterback's not working, we're going to get rid of him. I don't know why people keep defending Eli. He's a sub 20 game quarterback over the last couple of years. Not just 10 games below 500, folks, almost 20 games below 500, with arguably one of the top five receivers in the game. I mean, come on which got into the whole Eli debate because the Giants are going to keep him for next year. They didn't cut him to save all that cap space, so they're going with Eli. And this is the one thing that made me, I didn't give out Eli, is they drew the line in the sand with Eli again. Here it is. It's Gettleman said, what I'm telling you, is if you turn around and take a look at what he's making right now and look around the league and see what quarterbacks are making, if you're in my shoes, you'd say, the way he finished the season and what he is making, there really wasn't a decision to make. So finishing the season 5-11. and 11. Oh, Okay. So finishing the season after a slow start. Okay. So finishing the season after, once again, turning the football over. A season after receivers were getting frustrated because Eli kept checking the ball down. A season where your head coach visibly on multiple occasions was videotaped on the sideline saying throw the ball down the field. And I get that Eli is not making an absurd amount of money compared to some of the other franchise quarterbacks. But he hasn't played like a franchise quarterback. He's sub-20 games in his last couple of seasons. And I get that he's won a Super Bowl, but the Dolphins just let go of Ryan Tannehill. I understand Talon's won a Super Bowl, but he is four games under 500 as a starter for them in a division with Tom Brady. And you look at the Giants, they're keeping Eli Manning. I, I don't know what they're doing. And I said this a couple weeks ago. I thought the plan was get those picks from Cleveland to move up in the draft. I have no idea what the Giants are doing. I To me, the biggest problem the Giants could have this season is this if they don't make a move, and if they use those picks to get players. And look, they can make this a better roster. But the thing with Gettleman is when you draw a hard line, like they're doing, if Eli fails this season, then don't be surprised if you're not coming back next year. Because at least if you draft a rookie quarterback in this draft, You have a trump card, which you can use. You can say halfway through the season, it's not going well. We put in the rookie quarterback. If the rookie looks good, you can sell to the fan base and to the front office. Look, we tried with Eli. We thought he had something left. He didn't. However, we've drafted a succession plan. We have a quarterback in place. He played well over the rest of the season. Now it's time to build around that quarterback. At least then you have have something to build around. My biggest fear is if you're Gettleman, you don't draft a quarterback in this draft. If you don't draft a quarterback, what happens next year by week five of the Giants are one and four? You don't think this fan base is going to be calling for your head? I mean, we're talking about a franchise that has won, has been in the same win category the last couple of years as the Cleveland Browns, but at least the Browns have momentum. They have a young quarterback. This is a team, and you could see your best player, Odell Beckham, was frustrated. He wanted to get out of New York because he was frustrated playing with Eli because Eli couldn't give him the football. And you saw a lot of teammates and a lot of people coming out to defend Odell when he was traded, saying, look, he's a hard worker. He wants the football. He wants to be successful and win, he's frustrated with how it's going in New York. I mean, right now, I don't get what the fascination with Gettleman is with – sticking by Eli, because if Eli, Eli could have a good season next year and prove me wrong. But the track record the last couple of years has said, look, he's not the same quarterback. He's not. You just took away his best receiver that he's had over the past decade. And look, I understand Golden Tate's a solid receiver. Shepard's a solid receiver. Ingram's a good tight end that I actually really like. And you have a good running back. You're improving the offensive line. But your defense now is completely barren. Could you use the draft picks to help your defense? Yeah, sure. But even if the Giants, if they don't take a quarterback, hit an A+, they get a great pass rush, they get a good linebacker. Even if everything goes perfectly and they actually have a decent roster next year, they still cannot match up with the Cowboys and the Eagles in those rosters. They can't. The best they're hoping for right now is a third-place finish. If everything goes right for the Giants and Eli plays great next year, I still believe the best you can see is a 7-9 team. And even though Gettleman will say, well, that's progress, it's two more wins than the previous year. If Eli doesn't play well, what's your long-term plan? I mean, the way to win right now in this league is getting a young quarterback and not paying him. I mean, you look at what the Browns and the Jets are doing. They're paying a lot of money for all these stars, but it's because they're not paying the quarterback anything. Why are the Rams successful? Why are the Eagles successful? They're not paying the quarterback anything. Why are the Cowboys successful? They're not paying the quarterback anything. You look at the Giants right now, they are overpaying for Eli Manning for what he is producing on the field. And I know I keep banging on Eli, and I know Eli's a great player. He's been a great... He'll probably be a Hall of Famer. He's won two Super Bowls. And the importance that he's had in the city of New York. But you can't live in the past. You have to always, especially in football, it's always better to get rid of a player a year early than a year late. And if the Giants once again pass on a quarterback. Because my whole speculation was the reason they got the 17th pick was they can use six and 17 to jump up. But I'm not so sure because there's reports that the Cleveland offer... And Gettleman even said, look, we want to get the max value. Well, that's not true because by multiple reports, the 49ers had a better offer on the table. Could that have been the number two pick? Yeah. If they really liked a quarterback, getting the number two pick would have been huge. But, and I understand why they didn't trade him in the NFC and they had better offers in the NFC. They don't want to play. They don't want to play him and have him come back into, into Life and show them up or help a team get to the NFC Championship game next year. I completely get that. And in some way, and I said this when he was traded, they're kind of hoping Cleveland's Cleveland. I mean, you look at Cleveland and Antonio Brown going to the Raiders, they're two dysfunctional franchises historically. I think both those teams are hoping, man, they're dysfunctional. Maybe they'll screw it up somehow. And I think that that's part of it. And Cleveland will be interesting. I like the talent, but they also have a rookie head coach. So it will be interesting to see how that all plays out. But these comments by Gettleman, once again, he keeps drawing these lines in the sand. And you lose credibility. It's better to be vague. It's better to be vague than drawing these absolutes. And it's better to not go all in on certain players in the NFL. You can't go all in. You can't go all in. Unless you have a young franchise quarterback. But you don't. You have an old veteran quarterback who has not looked the same. And trying to say, like, you know all the answers. Your team won five games last year. With Odell, with Saquon, you passed up a great quarterback class. And it looks like the quarterback you passed on could be the Jets' franchise quarterback for the next 10, 15 years. And you're coming into this draft, if you don't draft a quarterback in this class, what's the long-term plan after Eli? I mean, you look at some of these older quarterbacks, you can make the case Big Ben has two or three years left, you can make the case Phillip Rivers has two or three years left, even Tom Brady. You look at Eli, can you honestly think Eli has two to three great years left. I don't see it. And it, the funny thing is, if he were to go to free agency, I thought about this. What team could he potentially start for? It'd be the Dolphins, but the Dolphins are kind of in a rebuild mode anyways. I really thought about that. If he was cut today, what team could a Eli play for? And I can't think of one. So gentlemen, once again, talking in absolutes, And I think it's going to come back to buy him. And it'll be an interesting draft because if he doesn't hit a home run on this draft and if this giant team struggles and Eli Manning's the quarterback again and he underperforms again, you won't have to worry about drafting his successor because the Giants will likely be looking for your successor, Gettleman. That's going to do it for this episode of Rich Sports Talk. Thank you so much for joining us here on the program today. Make sure to like and subscribe so you don't miss any of our latest content on SoundCloud, TuneIn, and Spreaker and available for download on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, and Spotify. Until next time, I'm your host, Nolan Rich, and this is Rich Sports Talk.